Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Five Plain Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to Indigenous artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bears, people in our community that are doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of the Indigenous Art Programs at the Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our Indigenous communities from around the region and country. I want to introduce you to Roman Zaragoza. Roman was born in New York City, raised in the melting pot of pop culture. He identifies as mixed race, being of Akama Otam and Mexican descent on his father's side, and Japanese and Taiwanese descent on his mother's. His father is acclaimed actor Gregory Zaragoza, and his mother, college business professor Shirley, have both supported his love for the arts since he was a very young age. Zaragoza attended college at California State University in Northridge, where he graduated with a degree from film production and is a proud member of the CSUN's American Indian Student Association and continues his involvement post-graduation. You may be familiar with Roman for his work on the CBS television series Ghosts, where he stars as Sassapis, an indigenous spirit who is a blunt troublemaker and tries to fill eternity by having a little fun and creating drama. I think what makes Roman so interesting is his love for theater and the work that he has done both in front and behind the camera and on and off stage. But I'm going to let him tell his story. So with that said, let's jump into this conversation with Roman Zaragoza. Roman Zaragoza, thank you so much for joining us on Five Plain Questions. It's really great to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So would you be able to introduce yourself? Uh, tell us a bit about your background, where you're from, and what it is that you do. Shapkaij, Anyap Chugik, Roman Zaragoza. Hi, everybody. My name is Roman Zaragoza. I am of Akma Oatham, Mexican, Japanese, and Taiwanese descent. I uh, grew up in New York City until I was 11, and then my family moved out to Los Angeles. So I'm a bicoastal kid. And um, uh, I'm an actor uh, primarily, and I also produce films, and um, I'm a a singer, dancer, uh, lover, friend, son, (laughs) brother, and uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm really into talking about representation and the power that representation has in media. That's such a great point, because I think we're at a point of time in our, our history where representation is finally being um, taken by those who are from those communities. Our stories aren't being told by others anymore. Exactly. It's an exciting time. You know, it's definitely not perfect yet, uh, but there's uh, this changing tide, which is so exciting with shows like Reservation Dogs and, you know, films like Everything Everywhere All at Once. And we're seeing, you know, um, stories that are about a specific community or specific culture being, you know, written and directed by um, people of that culture, which is so exciting. Absolutely. And for the guest that is um, maybe not quite aware, uh, you are a star on the CBS show Ghosts. That's right. Yeah, I play a character by the name of Sasapis on CBS's Ghosts. He is a Lenape man from the 1500s who has been dead for the best 500 years. And uh, yeah, he's a sarcastic, uh, jaded old man trapped in a uh, young man's body. And uh, I'm really, really, really proud of of the show and and uh, getting to play this character. And you know, it's uh, it's it's an honor to 
you know, bring some indigenous representation to, to TV. And, uh, and I'm really just proud of the work we're doing on the show because, you know, I'm not the only indigenous person working on it. We also have Joe Baker, who is our Lenape consultant, and John Timothy, who is uh, one of the, the writers in the writer's room, uh, who is Muskogee Creek. So, um, and, you know, we're just trying to get more and more indigenous people more uh, on there. We've got some awesome actors, including uh, my father, Gregory Zaragoza, uh, Dallas Goldtooth, Crystal Lightning. We've had some amazing um, actors, indigenous actors on the show. And it's been a joy to see you and the others being on this show. Um, it's it's really a good place to, to be at right now. Thanks. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, it's been really cool to see the, you know, how the Indigenous community has uh, responded as well. I was just in Oklahoma at Indigipop, which is the pretty much like Native Comic Con. And it was nice to just, you know, talk to people and see how, how they like it, how they like the show. And it means a lot, you know, that people are watching and you know, and um, how I can be part of uh, this new wave of representation because, you know, we didn't have too much of this uh, when I was growing up, when all of us were growing up. And, you know, we had our Graham Greens and our West Studies and uh, our Tantu Cardinals and uh, and my father to look up to. But, you know, it's it's really different now to see like, you know, Native people in the writer's room and Native people involved in the storytelling because I think that's just, uh, yeah, it's just so important. Oh, totally agree. So can you talk about your influences? You know, we have influences early on in our lives. And of course, uh, who's influencing you right now? Yeah, so, you know, my early influences were definitely my parents. I'm so grateful and privileged to grow up with really supportive and um, loving parents who supported me to pursue my dreams of being in the arts, but they're also very hard on us. You know, it's like, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. You got to commit fully and you're going to focus on your grades. You're going to do this. And so I was a very busy child growing up, especially in New York city. We were running around constantly to, um, singing lessons and acting lessons, dance classes. And, you know, I'm very grateful for uh, that support from my parents because they were like, if you're if you're going to really go into this profession, you got to uh, give it 110%. And so I really respect, uh, you know, I'm really grateful for that early uh, lesson of hard work and the power of hard work um, that I got from both sides of my family, the Asian side very much so, and also from my dad's side as well. So I'm very, very grateful for that. And um, yeah, influences, you know, I, I grew up with a lot of different mentors in my life, including um, Randy Reinholtz. He was the artist, artistic director of uh, Native Voices at the Autry. And uh, he's Choctaw and and uh, he just taught me so much about you know, why, why are we doing this thing? Why are we acting? Why are we storytelling? What's the point? And he, he really helped me when I was, you know, 18, 19, until I was, you know, until today continues to be a mentor to me. Um, so I always love to shout him out because um, for, when I was 18, I was going through just a difficult time and he really helped me hone in and focus in on, uh, on what I wanted to do with my life. And and uh, and theater was always a place I can come home to. So I'm very, very grateful for him. And he influenced so much of, of my life and what I do. I'm glad you uh, had brought that up, especially with the Autry and what they're doing out there. Um, I think it's so incredible that uh, those 
different types of opportunities for for acting uh, come from a place like that. 100%. I owe so much to Native Voices at the Autry. And now Delena Studi is uh, the artistic director and they're doing amazing work as well. Like I'm always trying to support and do whatever I can to go back home there. I'm, I've been so busy with ghosts now, so it's hard to do to do work with them. But um, but I'm always going back and trying to do do stuff with them because I love them so much and how they have supported and just yeah, just thinking about um, Larissa Fasthorse, who has a play coming to Broadway, Thanksgiving play. You know, I um, was and my sister worked with Larissa back like 10 years ago, I think, at maybe more, 12 or 13 years ago back in Native Voices. So to like see see at how Native Voices was really like caring about these indigenous storytellers, like when when Hollywood didn't care, you know, Hollywood didn't care. And we're like, you know, we're going to create this art and because we believe in it. And it's been so exciting to see all the people from that time just killing it and blossoming. And it's so, um, so exciting. And, and uh, like, there's another playwright by the name of uh, Frank Kashkatas. I did a play of his back in 2015 called They Don't Talk Back. And uh, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life and really affirmed of why I want to be an actor. Um, but he has since taken off and is doing plays everywhere. I can't even keep up with him. And it's, uh, it's so exciting to see. It's so exciting to see because otherwise a lot of people um, that work with Native Voices wouldn't have gotten that opportunity because of, you know, who knows what and didn't have the resources or whatever. And it's just, I'm so excited. And I'm so honored to be part of that family. And I'm, and I, uh, I really, uh, yeah. So if you if listeners, if you don't know, Native Voices is a uh, one of the only equity uh, Native American theater companies in the nation. And uh, they do an amazing job at um, uh, just bringing uh, indigenous voices to the stage and having indigenous actors and directors and writers and everyone part of the process. So I'm just uh, yeah, I'm really honored and I love them so much. So you, you've touched on a few of uh, the productions that you've been a part of in the past, and it's in almost all cases, uh, people are not overnight successes. Uh, can you talk about how you've developed your career uh, from early on and uh, kind of how you got to where you are today? Yeah, I was very lucky. So um, I grew up kind of in the industry. My father's an actor and my two older sisters were in the industry as well. And so we, um, especially growing up in New York, it was very much like, you know, I did a little bit of commercials and things like that. And then I grew up in LA, uh, when we moved out to LA, I was auditioning more and, you know, I was, I was in school. I, I always wanted to be homeschooled because that's what all the child actors were doing. But my parents were like, no, and I'm so grateful. They never let me do it because I, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful for the friends I made and the lessons I learned from public school. Uh, very, very needed. And, um, but I, uh, so I did theater in school in elementary school, middle school, I played um, Aladdin in middle school, uh, in high school, I was Kaniki in Greece. And I played um, just a bunch of different plays and musicals and all that fun stuff. And, um, but then when I was in high school, I guess in actually first in middle school, I had like, you know, I did like the Nickelodeon thing. I did like a pilot when I was 13 and didn't get picked up. And then I got um, 
a recurring role on Austin and Allie on this Disney Channel show. I did a few episodes because, you know, that was like the acting I was able to kind of get in. I was the Disney Channel stuff and all that fun uh, stuff. And it was it was it was such an amazing experience. Uh, but I, I still had so much to learn because I was very much doing like this, like the child actor thing. Um, and then I... I was 18 and I, or 17, and I applied to UCLA to go there for musical theater because that's where my oldest sister went. Um, and I did not get in. I, I really thought I was going to get in. I only applied to four colleges because I was had such a big head at the time. But I didn't have the resources that a lot of like the kids in my school had with like these college tutors and people helping them with their applications. So I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure I screwed up two of my applications. I messed up my USC and NYU application, but I wouldn't have gone anyways because the money would have been insane. And like my family, like, we're like, we don't have that money. You can get a loan and pay it for the next 80 years. So I said, no, I didn't get into both of those universities, um, but I got into Cal State Northridge. Uh, and I just, just a general student and I ended up going there for film production. And uh, it was one of the most amazing things that could have happened to me uh, because it opened so many doors and, and showed me that I wanted to tell my own stories. I wanted to write and direct and produce and star in my own films. Uh, but when I was 18, I was so lost because this five-year, 10-year plan that I had to be um at ucla and then go to broadway and then like you know book a movie and then win an oscar by 24 like uh, <laughs> this whole plan this whole plan that i had um this insane plan was out the window and i was so lost um but i'm i was so i'm so looking back so grateful for that because because i went to cal state northridge i worked with native voices a lot more and um and pretty much that was my my commute, and that was my home. I was going between those two places, Cal State Northridge and uh, the Autry. And, um, and then I was lucky enough uh, to go with a play from the uh, Native Voices called Off the Rails, which was an adaptation of Measure for Measure, but about the Indian boarding schools. And it was centered around this this small town in Genoa, Nebraska, in the late 1800s, that is right next to uh, one of the um, boarding schools. And it's, we, we talk about, you know, the realities of what the kids are going through. And then also talking about like this in this little community that had, you know, a very diverse group of people and a lot of indigenous, amazing indigenous actors were part of that including Lily Gladstone. Um, so, I mean, well, the, the show went to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. And um, so Lily Gladstone was the lead on that. And now she's going to be in Killers of the Flower Moon, which is so cool. And um, yeah, so I got to work at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival for uh, for about three years, uh, for three seasons. And and that's where I really got to learn the art of and the craft of acting, honestly. I, you know, I had been studying um, a different places in Los Angeles after high school and during college. But um, honestly, Oregon Shakespeare Festival is where I really learned the craft. And I was, I'm so grateful for that um, incredible place because I learned so much about uh, just the art of it. And I learned and I worked with some of the most amazing people, uh, most amazing actors on this planet, honestly. 
And, uh, and then from there on, uh, the pandemic hit and I was lost again. And then I got an audition for ghosts and the rest is history. But, uh, yeah, that in a nutshell is kind of my journey. <laughs> right on, right on yeah. the, you know, opportunities, uh, present themselves, um, in different ways as one moves through their career. And, uh, fortunately you're, you're still it probably doesn't feel like it, but you're still early in your career, right? Um, mm -hmm. you have decades of work ahead of you and things are going to present themselves differently up till now, how have opportunities presented themselves or how have you sought those opportunities? Yeah. So when I was auditioning for film and TV, those opportunities are very much very kind of straightforward because it's either I get an audition through my manager or I don't get an audition. And a lot of the time, especially when I was in high school and college, the auditions I was getting was so stereotypical. I was either going in for the Asian nerd or the classic native stereotype. And I was always so fed up with it. It was so frustrating. Uh, but those are the opportunities that were coming to me for film and TV. For theater, um, those are the ones I had to really seek out myself. Um, I think theater really taught me the power of hard work because um, because I got hooked up with Native Voices and that was very much, you know, those opportunities and those connections I was making, I would I would make connections from to different theaters and different this and this, this is you just, you find the community and you, you connect, you connect and they're like, oh, you'd be great in this play. You, can be great. you should do, come do the reading of it over here. You can do a reading over there. And so for a long time, since since um my since i graduated high school i was uh doing a lot of staged readings that was like a big thing i did about new plays i was so into new plays i still am i love new works i love seeing you know new writers come out and like can you read this project for me um and i uh so that was something i was would say yes to i'm like yes 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 like because stage readings you'd probably do like a three to five days of rehearsal, some, some less, sometimes it's like a day of rehearsal, but it's like usually around three to five days of rehearsal. And then you do a performance at the end with like your script in front of you and you, you, you read, you read the script, but in a, almost like performing. Um, and, uh, so, so th honestly that, that was a really cool experience. Um, and because I learned how to, how to learn dialogue and story quickly. And I learned how to, uh, to commit to a character very fast. And so that's something that honestly helps me with ghosts today. But um, so, yeah, I would say like for, for, for theater projects, theatrical projects, it was those opportunities came from connections with like Native Voices, Oregon Shakespeare Festival and meeting that person to meeting that person, meeting that person. And I'm seeing now that that is how the film and TV world works too but it's hard to kind of break into that. And so ghost has finally given me that um, it's kind of like, like, like the key, the key in. And I'm like, Oh wow, I'm opening the door and I'm like, okay, there's a whole world here that I can explore now, which is so exciting. And so I'm starting to meet people and someone wants me to do this or this, or let's, let's talk about this project. Da, 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 da. So, um, you know, it's uh things are also still not coming as much as I would like. And I'm still, you know, being open and, and, um, but it's, it's, it's exciting to kind of like be more and more in this, this world of the film and TV world. Hmm. The one, 
thing that I, I found interesting about uh, the the character and the performance that you have on on Ghosts is you're not playing the stereotypical stoic Indian. You know, it, it feels very much like um, you know you're you're just a normal, maybe slightly cynical um, guy that's just there. And have how do I ask this? Were were you pressured one way or the other or how do those conversations come along to sort of shape your performance as natural as it feels so with sasapis i booked the pilot it was such a quick experience because we shot the pilot during the pandemic in december of 2020 and they were scrambling because they were having trouble finding someone to play the character and so i got an audition the week before they were shooting and I got a call back two days later and I ended up like booking it and I couldn't even fly down because there was not enough time for COVID testing. So I drove from Oregon where I was living. I drove down and then it took me a couple of days and I got down and, um, and before I know it, I'm on set. I had like my fitting and I was terrified not only because it was a big project, CBS, and I wanted it to be, I wanted to be good and all this stuff, but also I didn't have a say in anything in the wardrobe. I didn't have a say in script stuff because it was like we're on set and it was like already done, you know, like it was so fast. And it was one of those things I just had to kind of trust that it's going to be okay. And then if we do get picked up, we can maybe change things and, you know, um, and, and that's what we did, which was really exciting. So I have to thank Joe Port and Joe Wiseman, our amazing showrunners, because they were been so open to hearing me out and open to bringing in Joe Baker, who is the Lenape consultant, and bringing in a native writer, John Timothy. And, 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 and uh, because, because, yeah, I was a little scared about, um, about being that, you know, I don't want this to be a stereotype. I didn't want him to, to perpetuate stereotypes that have been around for so long. I'm like, no, no, no. That's the last thing I want to do, especially when I'm presenting as uh, a native man from the 1500s. I was like, oh gosh, like, I don't want this to be like uh, another stereotype. I don't want this to be worse for representation. Um, and so it was very exciting when Joe Port and Joe Wiseman called me. We had this really beautiful talk before shooting season two, season one, um, uh, and and they're like, we, "We're trying to figure out who we want Sass to be." You know, this is kind of like this. It started out like, yeah, sarcastic, but he was also very. We wanted him to be like the smartest person in the room, and sometimes like there was this like wisdom aspect of him, and I liked that aspect as well but I want to make sure I brought myself to him. And so it's taken a couple seasons, but we've really figured out this, the complexity that, that he is. And I think that is the most important thing is we're, we're bringing the, we're, we're, we're not just saying he's a native guy, or we're not just saying he's a native ghost. We're also saying he's a three-dimensional being and he's complex and he, you know, he died when he was pretty young and he was a storyteller and he, um, he was a romantic and he was trying to live up to his father. He was um, in love with a woman and, and, but he was so shy. And like, so there's that aspect of him, you know, from when he was alive and then he's now been dead for 500 years. And so he's become jaded and he's been, and then we also talk about the realities of being a, 
being someone who has seen his people being driven off their land and seeing his people being, you know, displaced and potentially seen them like massacred and the realities of that, like we, we, we touch on it in the tree episode in season two, which I'm very, very, very happy about because sometimes I can imagine people are a little scared to talk about that, you know, and we talk, we, we, we acknowledge that it's complicated because he's one, he's the only native person in any room that he's in. And he's the only, uh, person that really understands what happened to native people. You also have a revolutionary soldier and that's like, Oh my God, I'm living with a colonizer. Like this is so, (laughs) so complicated. Um, And so I think the more and more we dive into the, the complexities of who he is as a person and not just labeling him as like this token or this native, I don't know, token that we have in our show because, you know, because it's, because it's about ghosts. It's like, no, no, no. Like, yes, let's make sure we have the representation, but also I'm really, really proud of, you know, our writers and our showrunners and, and everyone involved because it's giving SAS the space to be a fully just dimensional, three-dimensional being. And um, so, yeah, the more that we, we focus on that, the more that I get excited, the more I get to bring myself is also very exciting. And that intentionality, I think, is is appreciated because he is really a metaphor uh, for so many of us that are functioning out uh, in contemporary in the contemporary world, right? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I I, I think about that all the time. I think about that all the time. I think in my head, I was thinking that Sasapis is a commentary on indigenous representation in film and TV because he's like presenting in a way that people have always seen native people in film and TV, whether that's in dances with wolves or uh, last Mohicans and that kind of vibe. But now he's like, shut up. All right. I know I'm dressed like this. I would love to change too. Okay. (laughs) But you won't let me change. And uh, yeah, I just love that about him. Like in my head, I'm like, you know, we have these conversations of like, what music would Sasapis listen to? And I'm like, yeah, would he be listening to like all these like, you know, very stereotypical things? I'm like, no, I think Sasapis is a very romantic guy. He'd be listening to like, I don't know, um, uh, like at last, like, and like he would be listening to that 20s era and he'd be listening to uh, Chet Baker and he would be listening to... Um, I don't know. Just like, I think he would love that kind of like romantic music and like, but also like really intense storytelling. I feel like he'd be into Kendrick. He'd be like, Oh man, um, this album is so good. He's just such a storyteller. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's, that's who Sass is. And I think uh, that's why I see him as like this commentary on indigenous representation. Um, And uh, yeah, so it's fun. I think he's got a space for Sarah Borellis in his heart there somewhere. So. Totally Sarah Borellis. That is exact. Oh my God. Yes. That is exactly. That's a perfect, perfect one. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so with, with, with your, your story that you've laid out for us, what would you say to the 18 to 22 year old that's, that's listening to this conversation? Yeah. If there are any 18 to 22 year olds out there, anyone is, uh, 
Yeah, anyone, any 18, 22 year olds or whatever age or whatever. I don't know. I would say, uh, I would say, because, you know, I'm honestly always thinking about like, what would I say to my younger self, especially when I was 18 to 22? I would be telling myself to stay curious, stay kind, and, 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 and just don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to fail. And every time you do fail or like a door gets slammed in your face, just be like, all right, it's not meant to be. Let's go. Let's try this door. Let's see if this door looks good. Because that's what happened to me when I was 18. And, you know, I had a lot of heartbreak and I had a lot of no's in my face. A lot of no, a lot of people rejecting me. A lot of people telling me I wasn't enough. And a lot of people saying that like, you know, whether it was about my look wasn't, right or or that um i don't know i was also going through like i had really awful acne for a while from 18 to 22 so that like affected my self-esteem like crazy um and just just know it will pass <laughs> any moment of just just low insecurity low self-esteem it will pass um and get off social media a little bit you know be on social media but also like get out get off of it and get outside, be, be, be with your community, be with your family. That's something I'm working on myself. But, um, but yeah, definitely stay curious. It, it's such a time when you don't have as many responsibilities. You know, once you get older, you're going to have bigger, bigger, bigger responsibilities, potentially have children and potentially have just other people that are looking up to you and depending on you. And for the most part, people out there that are 18, 22, you, you, guess you might not have that if you do that's great too but if uh, if you don't you just realize that you have the capacity to make mistakes and don't be afraid to make those mistakes put yourself out there start a business fail at the business start another business you know make all the mistakes um and don't be hard on yourself because that's just how you learn and like life is long life is short but life is long and uh, I think that's that's definitely the biggest thing I'll tell 18 to 22 year olds. Like, just don't it, it's a it's a marathon. You can sprint during your marathon and you will have to do sprints during your marathon. But but it is definitely a marathon. So what what do you what do you have going on right now? What's what's coming up for you? For me, um, I am currently on hiatus from ghosts so we start shooting season three um beginning of july back in montreal and uh besides that i am a producer on a short film called this is their land which is about the modoc war of 1872 to 1873 uh, where the modoc people uh, fought the u.s army and they fought them for a reservation on their homelands and it's this incredible true story. And it's my senior thesis project from Cal State Northridge. Um, and I'm very, very, very proud of this project. We have our showcase for the film on, I think, May 3rd in Los Angeles. But we have been in a lot of film festivals, including the Sedona Film Festival, which happened recently. And it's been a beautiful experience to get this story and the film out there. We really are trying to pitch, uh, pitch this project as a mini series potentially because we believe there's more to tell and we believe that it needs to be told because while it's an incredible story, it's an insane story with the Modoc people 
held off the U.S. Army for about nine months. Um, hundreds and hundreds of U.S. soldiers, and it's just Modoc people, men, women, and children, holding off um, this full army, and and it's a uh, it's wild, wild, wild story. But um, so I'm very, very proud of that, and. Um, and I really want more people to hear this story. So we're trying to pitch it as a mini series and hopefully something will, will land there. Uh, besides that, I'm, um, I'm working on spirit Rangers, which is an awesome, uh, animated kids show on Netflix about the, uh, this, a Shumash family who, uh, who the kids have superpowers and they can, um, they can morph into animals and they save their the national park that they all, all work at. And it is so cute. Clarissa uh, Valencia is amazing. She created this awesome show and I'm awesome. And I'm really proud to be part of it. I play a character by the name of Moy and he is uh, the wolf. He's this emo wolf. Uh, actually, his, more, his, his name is uh, Moy. That's how I say it. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. I think you're the third guest on the show. That's that's a part of that series. Um, yes, uh, Joy Harjo, uh, mm-hmm. and then my friend uh, Princess Johnson. Uh, she's she's been on there. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Oh my god, it's so cool. My sister actually writes songs for the show. Uh, Ray Zaragoza. She uh, is one of the songwriters, and uh, so uh, I sing a song on the show uh, about being a uh, a rock artist because he's like. He's a rock artist. He paints on the rocks, but he's also like a rock artist, a rock and roll artist. Um, and uh, my sister wrote that song uh, amongst uh, a lot of other ones. But uh, yeah, it's so cool to see all these like really amazing indigenous artists come together on this project. Uh, I've had a lot of friends work on it and uh, and there's more coming for season two, season two. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's exciting. That's, that's great. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. And so where, where can our listener find your work? Yes. Yeah, so uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Roman Zaragoza. That's where I'm at for uh, most, most of the time. You can find me there. I'm also like a little bit on TikTok. I think I'm the Roman Zaragoza on there because someone else was Roman Zaragoza. Uh, so you can find me on TikTok. I'm a little bit there. And then, um, yeah, if you just watch Ghosts on CBS and Paramount Plus on Thursdays at 8.30, 7.30 Central. And uh, we're, we're taking a little bit of break right now because of March Madness happening. But uh, I think we're back uh, mid-April uh, with, with, with a few more episodes. We I believe we have four more episodes, maybe five more episodes left in the season. And we have a really exciting season finale. I'm so, so, so excited for people to see what what we have in store and uh, yeah i think that's for the most part that's where that's where you'll find me well we'll be watching for sure so we're excited for that nice yes well thank you so much for being a part of this uh, this was really fun and it was so great to, to share this space with you yeah thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for what you're doing this is so important you know and highlighting indigenous artists and um, people who are doing really really awesome stuff out there it's 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 so important and so i just really appreciate i appreciate you for doing what you're doing and that does it for this episode of five playing questions i want to thank roman again for his time and sharing his story with us i'm gonna admit this was a delightful conversation uh his getting this set up uh with his team and uh, 
interactions with him through this whole period have just been easy and delightful. And I really enjoyed uh, this conversation with Roman. In my research, I, I was really super impressed with the depth of work that he has done, both on stage and behind the camera. He, he is a, a true thespian. He is a very creative person. And the fact that he he's a musician, he's a poet, he's a writer, I think what really makes him special in the work that he does is that he, he is so hardworking and he has such a joyous spirit to him. I, yeah, I, I am absolutely impressed with, with his, not just his work ethic, uh, but his attitude that he carries with him. So he's a delight, he's a joy, and I, I just I look forward to the next thing that he's going to be doing, which, of course, will be season three of Ghosts uh, when it comes back to air next season. The season two finale for Ghosts airs on Thursday, so be sure that you, you catch the, the season finale on Ghost, of Ghosts on CBS. Uh, that being said, if you have not watched the series, it is, it is fun, it is hilarious. Uh, his character has this arc, and it's been really, really interesting, and if you do watch Ghost, you will see another past guest of this podcast on that show too. So, Roman, thank you for for this, and yeah, I also want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening. But I feel is a very important story and perspective from our community. So please join us next week as we speak with another incredible person. I'm Joe Williams. You can find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, across social media, uh, and just look for the Five Plane Questions podcast. Or you can visit us at our planesart.org website. There you can see our programming, past videos, and this podcast. If you have a suggestion for someone for me to interview, please look me up, email me, jwilliams at planesart.org, and let me know who I should be talking to. I'd really like to hear from you. All right. Well, you take care, and we will see you next week. This has been an 11 warrior.